You're listening to Comedy Central. The, uh, you know the Spotify rap thing that came out? They did that with emojis for no reason. Like, no one asked for it. And they were like, here are the most popular emojis ever. And like, like one of the most popular is like the crying face ones. But it's like all the crying ones. Like crying, laughing, crying, crying, sort of crying, crying. Like, I find that they, those crying things are confusing. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I can't tell which ones are like crying, crying, any, you, you know what I mean? Like, people will be like, my grandma died. <laughs> That's what it seems like. It always seems wrong. Also, like, you can't have a best emojis or like the most used, because they always put the recently used ones up front. And the reason we use them is because we're lazy. Like, that's not actually a, an accurate representation of what you think of like your friend's spaghetti, you know what I'm saying? You just chose that emoji because it was there. You're like, yeah, hot eyes. That's not how you feel about the spaghetti. You're just not gonna go look for spaghetti deep down. You're like, I'm just lazy. Put hot eyes and then like the skull. That's how I felt. The spaghetti was loving and it, it killed, I don't know. My favorite emoji is the, the praying hands one. I think it's the most versatile. You can use it for anything. You can be like, hey girl, you up? You know what I mean? You can be like, hey, I heard your grandmother passed away. You know? Yeah. She up? Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show, ears edition. Tonight, Pasta La Vista, Merkel. The power couples of 2021. And William Jackson Harper. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. We kick things off with Omicron, the worst transformer ever. So it was a car and then it became a virus? Yesterday, the first case was identified right here in the United States, and it didn't take long for the sequel to come out. We do begin this hour with breaking news on the pandemic. The second confirmed case of the Omicron variant in the United States has just been confirmed, this one in Minnesota. We don't know much about the patient yet, except that they had only traveled domestically. Health officials say that the man developed mild symptoms on November 22nd after going to an anime convention in New York City. 53,000 people attended that event between November 19th and the 21st. Well, now the city wants those attendees to get a COVID test immediately, wear face masks and practice social distancing until they get their test results back. That's right. One of the first U.S. cases of the new COVID variant may be an adult man who attended an anime convention. I mean, which is good. At least we know that it's not transmitted via eye contact. No, but I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I love anime, honestly, I do. In fact, when I heard about this, I wondered if the guy got infected in anime style. Oh, it's Omicron. Its power is stronger than any other variant I've ever seen. It's got so many spikes. Oh, I should have gotten a booster shot. Oh, if I don't breathe, maybe I can survive. Oh, But people, please remember this, please remember this. We shouldn't be surprised when we find more and more cases, okay? Because Omicron is like those microscopic bugs that live in your eyelashes. Even if you don't see them, you know that they're there. Yeah, laughing at you about all the spiders that crawl into your mouth while you sleep. And also don't forget, don't forget this. We have no idea if Omicron is actually that bad. And what I mean by that is we don't know if it might spread more easily or, you know, we don't know if it'll be more deadly. It's, it's just too early to know. And I hate to sound like someone describing every streaming show right now, but you gotta stick with it past the first couple of weeks and see where it goes, you know? 
But anyway, let's move on from COVID to America's other national pastime, baseball. The only sports you can think about to yourself to stop from orgasming. Yeah, sorry, hockey, you're too sexy. In some ways, being a baseball player is unlike any other job in the world. I mean, for one thing, if your entire office got into a brawl, you wouldn't go back to work five minutes later like nothing happened. But also, being a baseball player is still a job, which means that sometimes they get into disagreements with their bosses. And now, one of those disagreements has shut down the entire league. Breaking news from the world of sports overnight. For the first time in more than 25 years, Major League Baseball is now in a work stoppage. Owners locking out players after months of failed talks toward a new labor contract. The biggest economic issues right now between MLB and the union have to do with when players become free agents and how much they get paid. Players Association uh, wants young stars to get paid sooner and not be restricted to teams for the first six years of their career. Now the lockout freezes all league business until an agreement is reached. That means no trades, no more free agent signings, and no players are allowed inside club facilities. And if you go to MLB.com or your favorite team's website, you're gonna notice all images and videos of players have been completely removed. They took all the players' photos off the MLB website. You know who's feeling great about this right now, yeah? Anyone who collects baseball cards. Well, 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 you guys said there was no reason for me to have a photo of Albert Pujols, but now I'm the only guy who knows what he looks like. Ha ha ha, ha ha ha, ha ha. At the same time though, this is all happening in the off season, so there's plenty of time for them to work out their differences before the season starts. You know, this is like a haunted house owner getting tough with the employees in July. It doesn't really matter. And you know they're gonna work something out because both sides need each other. Like the MLB, they can't go out and hire regular people. We all saw how that turned out with 50 cents. And baseball players, they have no skills that translate to other jobs. Yeah, I'm looking for a position where I can stand around doing nothing for most of the day, but then every 20 minutes, something comes at my head really fast. Yeah, also, I wanna be able to slap anyone's ass whenever I like. All right, let's move on to our top story. It's about Germany, the country whose idea of a good time is fermented cabbage. Mmm, das ist wunderbar. For nearly two decades, Germany has been led by just one person. But today, she said her final Auf Wiedersehen. She is arguably the most powerful woman in the world. But now, after 16 years at the helm of one of the world's largest economies, Angela Merkel is leaving Germany's highest office. And the stakes couldn't be higher. Who will provide the stability and economic success she has overseen? You know who really finds it hard to imagine German politics after this election? Generation Merkel. Germans who've never known another prime minister their whole young lives. They call her Mutti or Mom. Now, as Mutti is leaving the chancellery, Germany is out of its comfort zone. She leaves by choice, still enjoying a remarkable 70% approval rating. As her 16-year tenure as chancellor comes to a close, Germany celebrated her time in office with a traditional military ceremony. <laughs> Yo, Germany, what the f***? Yo, am I the only one who picked up the Nazi vibes there? The torches and shit? Yo, you guys better stop before you reach Poland. We're watching you. You guys just casually like, we do this all the time. No, you don't. Anyway, it's pretty crazy that Merkel was in power for 16 years. I mean, to give you some perspective on how long that is, when Merkel first became chancellor, 
Pharrell Williams looked like this. And now, when she's leaving, Pharrell looks like this. Okay, that wasn't very helpful, but a lot of time has passed is what I'm trying to say. And what's really remarkable is that after all that time, she still has a 70% approval rating. Guys, usually the only time a world leader leaves with that high of an approval rating is because they killed everyone that didn't approve. In fact, I feel bad for the chancellor who has to replace her and try to win over all the kids who've only known Angela in their lives. You know, it's like they're getting a new stepdad. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real chancellor. I know I can never replace your chancellor, but maybe, just maybe, I can be your friend. Now, through her 16 years in power, Merkel has never been the type of leader to try and grab the headlines, never. In fact, you might be watching this right now, realizing that even though she's been around as long as Grey's Anatomy, you don't really know much about her. Like, where did she come from? And why is everyone so freaked out about her leaving? Well, let's find out in another installment of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. Angela Merkel has been one of the most powerful and influential people on the planet for a long time now. She was even Time's Person of the Year in 2015, which is impressive considering that that was the year Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, I think. And look, I don't really know. The pandemic has warped my sense of time. And, and this is something, this is something early in her career that nobody would have seen coming because when she started out in politics, she was underestimated by everybody. The fall of the Berlin Wall led to the rise of her political career, a shy figure thrown into the spotlight. This mousy figure who blushed readily and was mocked as the milkmaid. Merkel had an astonishing rise through German politics because her mentor, the long-serving Chancellor Helmut Kohl, had pragmatically needed a woman and someone from the former East Germany in his cabinet. But the political novice revealed both a politically lethal streak and a capacity to outplay her male rivals. She had a knack for toppling those who underestimated her. Her mentor, the formidable Chancellor Helmut Kohl, used to tease her for her provincial manners. And yet, within a decade, she was calling for his resignation as he faced allegations of corruption. By 2005, she'd become the country's first female chancellor. Who would have thought the highest office would go to a woman so soon? Yeah, Germany elected a female leader long before America did. But, I mean, that's no surprise. Germans have always embraced diversity. Like, you could look back at the last, say, 76 and a half years of German history, and you can see that that's true. And her rise, her rise is especially unexpected, considering how little people thought of her when she started. I mean, to be the butt of jokes from her peers, that must have hurt. Especially because Germans only make one joke a year, and then they saved it for her. Okay, milkmaid, that was funny, <laughs> milkmaid. <laughs> okay, no more laughing. Back to work. But if there's one thing we've learned from movies, it's that you should never underestimate the shy, mousy woman. I mean, she's all that. The Devil Wears Prada, the Blair Witch, they all ended up winning. And here's the thing, though. Long after she established herself as a global force, Merkel still had to contend with fellow world leaders who didn't treat her like an equal. And coincidentally, they were all dudes. 
Berlusconi arrived at a summit with his cell phone plastered to his ear, leaving his hostess, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, on hold. <laughs> Chancellor Merkel greeted other leaders and waited. After about eight and a half minutes, she gave up and left. She managed to reset Germany's relationship with George W. Bush, but Bush's warmth and respect often came off as cloying. The moment that seemed to sum up their odd couple relationship, Bush's over-friendly back rub at a St. Petersburg summit. If President Bush could be too touchy, President Trump famously refused to even shake Merkel's hand. Several years ago, Putin brought a large dog to a meeting with Merkel, apparently wanting to test her, knowing she has a fear of dogs. She was terrified, says one analyst, but didn't flinch. She was still able to joke about it in fluent Russian. God damn. I like dogs, and that dog scared me. I mean, look at the size of that thing. It's like an evil Clifford. And obviously bringing a dog to that meeting was a dirty move by Putin, you know, but on the other hand, he can cover it in poison first, so by Putin's standards, that is some good diplomacy. And as for Trump, a lot of people blamed him. They're like, he didn't want to shake hands with it. No, he just learned his lesson. When he reaches his hand out, he doesn't know what it'll grab. I can't control it, folks, so now I keep it here. For real though, the, the way these, these leaders treated her is embarrassing. I mean, imagine being the head of one of the most politically powerful countries in the world, and still, everyone is treating you like you're in an episode of Mad Men. And you can't even really do anything about it because there's no HR for world leaders. What are you gonna do? Tell the UN that someone rubbed your shoulders? I mean, they, they don't even do anything when there's a genocide. We are going to issue a forceful statement about, sorry, what? It was vetoed? Okay, well, we tried. All right, next up, climate change. It, what, vetoed as well? Okay, well, we tried. Uh, now, luckily, as a German, Merkel wasn't phased by the sausage fests. But even more importantly, she faced down crisis after crisis, and she got Germany and the whole of Europe through to the other side. Many in Europe saw Merkel as a steady hand in times of crisis. In critical moments, Angela was that lady, that madam, who intervened and helped us to find the solution. Angela Merkel, lauded as a bulwark of Europe, helping save it from imploding during the 2009 debt crisis. Angela Merkel for 16 years has, has kept their country in a kind of a bubble. All those turmoils in the world were spared to the Germans. There was no economic slump, there was nothing. She calmed one of the major military crises we had in Ukraine with negotiating a ceasefire with Russia. Merkel showed her resolve in 2015 when she allowed more than a million refugees, most fleeing from Syria's civil war, to cross into Germany. It was later heavily criticized by those who believed Germany was overburdened. Merkel's answer to her critics was, Wir schaffen das, we can manage. Merkel was originally planning to step down in 2017, but thought better of it after a populist was elected president. Merkel conferred with outgoing President Obama about the decision to run for another term, something she now felt compelled to do because of Trump. At the end of their final meeting together, the president remembered, quote, a single tear appearing in her eyes. The president later saying, Angela, she's all alone. Oh, you gotta feel bad for Merkel. Because Trump won, she felt she had to stick around way longer than she wanted. I mean, no one could understand what that feels like, except maybe Melania. And that just goes to show you how insane it was that Trump got elected. Like, if you get a job and someone all the way in Germany is like, oh my God, this certainly changes my life plans. That is saying something about you. I mean, what it's saying is that Trump was terrifying. And in a way, he's also very inspirational. 
I mean, he inspired Merkel to run. He inspired Biden to run. He inspired Mike Pence to run away from Trump supporters who were trying to hang him. Please don't. Mother says we save that for my birthdays. But this is why Germany and the rest of Europe are a little freaked out about not having Merkel around anymore, right? Whatever the crisis was, whether it was refugees or the economy or a crisis of democracy, she was the calm and stabilizing force that kept everything from falling apart. She's like the Cardi B feature on any rap song. No matter how bad the beat or the other rappers, you know Cardi B's gonna bring the fire and save the song. Yeah, like if Cardi B featured on the national anthem, even Colin Kaepernick would be like, all right, I gotta stand for this part. Wop, 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 and the home of the brave. So, Chancellor Merkel, congratulations on a long career of being Europe's designated driver. You kept things stable, you stood up for democracy, and you never once, never once appeared on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs, which is really hard for a world leader to pull off. So after 16 years of holding the global system together, you deserve to relax, take a load off, and go and get a massage. A massage you actually want this time. All right, when we come back, we'll look at the power couples of 2021. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. 2021 is almost over. And I think we can all agree that compared to last year, it's been a perfect year. So for the rest of the month, we'll be remembering all of its best moments in our year-end segment, a look back at 2021, the least bad year of the last two years. Tonight, Desi Leidig looks back at the power couples of 2021. If 2020 was the year of being cooped up alone, then 2021 was the year of blossoming romance. And not just for boring average people, I'm talking about celebrities the people I stalk on the internet, and sometimes in real life. But not all celebrity pairs are created equal, so let's count down the best of the year in Desi Lydic's 2021 Power Couple Countdown. Coming in at number five is number 2.0, specifically Benifer 2.0. Ben Affleck has reportedly rekindled his romance with Jennifer Lopez. Benifer 2.0 back in action 17 years after the A-listers called off their engagement. The couple out of town this weekend and Saint-Tropez, France, is celebrating Jennifer's 52nd birthday on a yacht. What the hell? She's 52? Years? I didn't look that young at 52 months. What the f*** is she eating? It is so great to see Ben and Jen back together. Ben is now the most important person in her life. Aside from that witch who cast a spell to keep her young forever. God damn it, JLo, give me her number. This couple would have been higher on my list, but the only problem I have is I hate the name Benifer. If it were up to me, I would have gone with Low Black, or even better, Afpez. Now that's sexy. And really nothing is more exciting than rekindling a relationship from 17 years ago. In fact, I'm gonna try that too. Excuse me. Yes, hi, is Matt there? It's Desi. He and I dated back in 2004. It was a pretty spicy summer. <laughs> oh, he did? I'm so sorry for your loss. 
Well, I guess I can kiss my AFPEZ dreams goodbye. <laughs> Power couple number four, it's Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. They're one of my favorite couples of 2021 because they like to make it the intercourse. If you've been on social media recently, you've probably noticed that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly can't keep their hands off of each other. <laughs> MGK says their romance is both ecstasy and agony. Megan says on her Instagram, though, that their sex life is so explosive, it would basically make the devil blush. Damn. These two are so hot. They had an entire meeting about them at COP26. Gotta love how these two just put it out there in 2021. The masks came off, the tongues came out, then the masks came back on again because of Delta, but the tongues stayed out, so the mask got all wet. It was gross. 2021's number three most powerful couple isn't a couple, but a thruple. That's right, I'm talking Prince Harry, Meghan Markle and Oprah. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's historic and groundbreaking interview with the one and the only Oprah Winfrey. To call it revealing would be an understatement. The couple lobbed shock after shock. It seemed just when you thought it couldn't get any more shocking, it did. Were you silent or were you silenced? The latter. Megan telling Oprah there was concern over baby Archie's skin color. Concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? What? This was the most intense conversation I've ever seen happen on patio furniture. And my parents told me they were getting a divorce in a hammock. And although this relationship only lasted as long as the interview itself, the world will always have the memes to remember it by. I, however, have something else to remember it by. I snuck on the set and stole the table plan. <laughs> Ow. At number two, we've got a couple so powerful, they don't even need to be together. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Because sometimes love is deeply passionate, but other times it's unapologetically moderate. All eyes are watching the two holdout Democratic senators, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. Cinema and Manchin, obviously in the Senate, they hold the keys in 50-50 Senate. Manchin opposes spending. Cinema opposes taxes. They make a lovely couple. In fact, they're the number one power couple in Washington, D.C. today. That's right, everyone was talking about these two Senate sweethearts because they love grinding everything to a halt. And these two really prove that opposites attract. He's an old West Virginia man. She's a business Katy Perry from Arizona. He's from blue collar coal country. She wore a blue collar on that denim vest for some reason. But they came together over their shared love of tantric legislating. No matter how much you beg for clean energy subsidies, a wealth tax, or paid family leave, these build back blockers can make negotiations last all year long. Mm. So thanks to these two, Americans don't have paid leave. But I'll tell you what, you can't pay me any amount of money to leave this studio. <laughs> they have me chained to this set. And finally, coming to you from halfway around the globe, my number one power couple of 2021. The Suez Canal and that 
huge container ship that got stuck in it. Everyone in the world was wanting these two to break up. And guess what? That only made it hotter. For six and a half days, they just kept at it. PDA alert, turns out they like when people watch. Now let's take a closer look at these two lovebirds. And just a warning, you should take the kids out of the room because this might get a little graphic. Ooh, these two really put the anal in anal. That's a sexy way you pronounce canal. Sadly, they have been separated for a few months now, but it leaves the world asking, is there still unfinished business between these two? Who could possibly fill that canal's void? Ah, it's Pete Davidson, of course. He really does have that big ship energy. Mm. Well, thanks for joining me. That's it for Desi Lydic's 2021 Power Couple Countdown. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go make a deal with that witch. Who needs a soul when you can have abs like that at 52? Holy shit. Oh, God damn it. Guys. Oh. Oh, come on. Thank you so much, Desi. All right, when we come back, the star of the hit show, Love Life, William Jackson Harper, will be joining me right here in the studio. So don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is Emmy-nominated actor William Jackson Harper. He's here to talk about starring in the second season of the HBO Max anthology series, Love Life. Hashtag smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's me. What's going on, William? Welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me. Thank man. you very much for being here, man. Congratulations, first of all, on getting that Emmy nomination. I mean, you know, yeah, that, no, that, no. that was a wild ride for you because if the story is true, you were about to quit acting before all of this happened to you, right? I was kind of on the brink, yeah, yeah. You know, the industry had me on the ropes. Right. I was, uh, you know, catching a lot of left hooks. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Good Place came along at exactly the right time and just sort of like rescued me, you know? And you just went from one thing to the next thing to, do you, yeah. do you still have that thing where you go, it, it might go away or have you settled into the world of like, okay, I think I'm safe right now? Oh, no, 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 I'm not settled at all. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid at all times. Yeah, no, I always think it's gonna go away, you right. know? Um, just because it's uh, just the nature of the business, you know, it's just, it's you. always yeah. sort yeah. of, you know, it's moment to moment, so, yeah. yeah. Well, you're doing well moment to moment, man. You know, like people loved you in Good Place. And then obviously, Love Life has come along. And what's, what's cool about the story, we had Anna Kendrick on to talk about it. It's like, yeah. it's really rare to see a show where you, you meet a character, you know the character, and they're the lead, and you have these people around them in the show, and the second season comes along, and you think the show's gonna go in one direction, and all of a sudden it flips. Right. Then we start following your character, who lives, in my opinion, one of the messiest love lives I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marcus is a hot mess in all the ways. But I mean, I, I, you know, it, it, it feels really human to me. I feel like, you know, there's something about uh, you know, the genre of rom-com where, yes. you know, like, yes. you know, your central character is always so sympathetic and everything is happening to them. But I feel like in life, you know, when you're going through something like that, you are partly responsible, if not mostly responsible yeah. for a lot of the, the <laughs> drama that's coming your way. And so it's, you know, I, I wanted to sort of, you know, especially as we were sort of like crafting the story and sort of figuring you know, everything out, I just wanted to like really lean into that and not have it be something where it's like, oh, we just feel bad for the guy. It's like, oh, I'm 
I'm not sure I like this that's, dude, that's but he feels, you know, but he feels real. Well, well let's, let's talk a little bit about that then, like the crafting of the story, because you, you're, not, you're not just, uh, you know, the lead actor in this, you're also producing, correct? Yeah. yeah so, you, so you're part of the journey in terms of like figuring out where the show's gonna go and how it's gonna go. Right. And what I, what I really love watching it is, it's not often that you will watch a, a, a show where you will have a black character or a black love on screen that isn't like, you know, just chaotic and hectic. You know, there right. are moments where, you know, we're watching your character go from being divorced to uh-huh. this new world of trying to find love again and being in this space. But mm-hmm. there are just, there are really cool, calm moments where you're just like, oh yeah, this is what most relationships are. Yeah. And that is just the nothing between the valleys and the peaks. Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes it really interesting. Yeah, and I, I, that's also very adult. Also that, you know, that sort of rut that you can hit, <laughs> which is sort of like, you know, sort of heralds the end of something, or right. the beginning yeah, of yeah, something yeah. else. Um, and how, how ill at ease we can become in those moments, you know, where it's just like, oh, like the excitement is gone. Ah, is that okay? Mm-hmm, Am mm-hmm. I supposed to be doing something different? Am I entitled to feel uh, dissatisfied with this moment? You know, and I, I think that Marcus is sort of like going through all of that and questioning all of that as, as much as he's questioning his own identity, right. you know, because, uh, you know, when you leave a marriage and you leave a long relationship like that, a piece of you leaves as well. Oh, man. And so, you know, he's like putting this all back together as he's as he's dating people, which is not, <laughs> not, not a recipe for success. When you look at the journey that you've been on, you're at the beginning, man. You know, this, this journey will hopefully be long and successful. What do, you, what do you hope to achieve as like a thespian? Because you aren't just like an actor. You're one of those people that go like, wow, this person has acted. You know, you're a thespian. I mean, your spine got all straight. Oh, you have yeah, to. You know, what, you, you know like, what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, man, I, I really, I'm just chasing interesting parts and things that are going to be tough to do. You know, I think the thing about love life was, I I wasn't sure that I was up to tackling this really? job. You know, like it was it was something that I'm like, I, I've never been like the center of something on camera like that. And so um, I that, that was frightening. And in, in a way it felt, I felt like a young man again. You know, like I felt like, oh wow, like I, I'm a little out of my depth. I'm open to, I'm open to anything. You know, anything that is going to scare me to do, I want to do it. I love that. That's your motto for your career. That's my motto for sex. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Right on. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> my dude, thank you so much for joining me on dude, the show. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on an amazing season, man. I hope thanks. to see you more. All right, Love Life season two is streaming right now on HBO Max. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Thank you, man. No, thanks. Man. Yeah, man, it's a lot of fun for real. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go. Please consider supporting Choose Love. They work to provide refugees and displaced people with everything from life-saving search and rescue boats to food and even legal advice. At the link below, you can go to the Choose Love store and buy essential emergency items and services for the refugees who need them. Everything, diapers, hot meals, medical services, and so much more. So if you'd like to support Choose Love, then please check out the link below. Also, if you're in San Diego, or Los Angeles this weekend. My Back to Abnormal comedy tour is gonna be in your city. Head to backtoabnormaltour.com to get your tickets. Until next time, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you love anime, you might have Omicron. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 